Hello and welcome to DKI Digital Era Entertainment's weekly anime podcast. This is episode number 113 and boy do we have a packed show for you today. We are going to be going over some of the finished shows from spring 2022 and doing the first part of our summer 2022 preview. Please welcome on in my co-host broadcasting live from the East Coast, Jace. Hello, everybody. Hello. It's summertime. It's summertime, indeed. Ah, the spring season has been pretty good. Um, you know, this was a season that, as I've said multiple times, I watched 14 shows, I think, were the ones I saw end to end. And there's been some that have held up there into the bargain, but boy, were there a couple that just floundered. And there was one in particular that exploded this Oof. week. Um, yeah. So we're going to go over pretty quickly some of our uh, final thoughts on a couple shows from the spring. Uh, the one I want to get to before the big one, sort of, is uh, Otome Game, second Otome Game. And that was the one that, you know, this time last season during our spring preview, I looked at this and I said, this looks like hot garbage. And I kind of have a problem with the concept. And I watched yeah. it just sort of like out of morbid curiosity. Was it going to actually be this bad? And it started out, okay, this isn't as grotesque as I thought it was going to be of like, ew, the idea of toxic masculinity being at the point where just, oh, we can't even let girls have a power fantasy and we're going to fight back against the idea of a world where girls have the political power. And it didn't end up doing that. It just wound up being so totally bad, just genuinely bad. Like, not even that it was that, but that they didn't even capitalize fully on their concept of a female-led world. That despite the fact that supposedly women actually have all the power, it's still men running and populating the armed forces. It's still... Men who, in many ways, you know, the the whole series focuses on these exceptions to uh, the rule of men that actually do have political power and that are uh, uh, admired by girls. And basically throughout the season, there was little to no actual display of this supposedly inverted status quo outside of the pilot episode. And... On top of that, it was just really underwhelming that yeah, I kept up with it just to sort of watch, but it was just, th this is a show that I gave like a four or five out of 10 at the end of the day, that it wasn't even that type of offensive. It was just bad. I mean, I, I give it like a 6.5. I give it a little bit of credit uh, in the kind of creativity of the concept of the world because- but they didn't even execute on it. Nah, but the the world itself, the the concept of the game that he's supposed to be in- sounded like they just took the like it sounded like a game by uh by panel you know it's just like what kind of games do people play you know and they just kind of threw stuff into a hat and pulled out ideas like the game sounded like a weird cross between like armored core but fire emblem but like, yeah, like and it the, just like the mech stuff was okay and then it also just sort of became was pretty decent the, the action was okay it was the best yeah. part. the thing is by the end of the season i felt like the action actually got worse that just the yeah, fight yeah. I didn't find very compelling. The enemies I didn't find very they compelling. Were a it was actually, it became a tough watch that I sort of yeah. just slogged through the last four episodes because I was like, all right, I'm sort of pot committed at this point. And it wasn't yeah. egregious enough. But, you know, as I finally finished it, I was like, wow, under normal circumstances, I wouldn't 
waste my time and watch a show like this. That If it gets a season two, I'm not going to watch it. Not because it was offensive. It was just bad. That's the end of it for me. So, yeah, I mean, don't watch uh, Otome Game. I'm, it's not worth your time. I'm plot committed just because I'm curious about the implication that it might be his sister who's the other character that's oh, clearly been is, brought into that world. But that's not interesting enough for me. So, I mean, I'm... I do love the power trip in this case because he's simply taking the power trip to a sadistic level. You know, it's not like your typical isekai where it's just like, oh, ha ha ha, main character stupidly overpowered. It's like, no, like he knows everything in advance. Basically, the the concept of almost as if he's psychic. I mean, because he's played the game. Yeah, before. that's that's how your power fantasies work. But anyways, you we know, should move forward. Um, yeah, moving forward. Next month, uh, science fell in love. We're angry at science fell in love. We could rant on this one for a while. I, so I can I'll, spend half the episode, so I'm only going to do it for about 30 seconds. The finale basically changed complete They went Tomodachi game for an episode. And yeah. Tomodachi game, I gave a 6 or a 7 out of 10. It was what it said on the tin. It was fine. Yep. It was good for what it was, and it's what you expected. Science Fell in Love is a rom-com that has slightly etchy tones to it that, you know, they spend a lot of time sort of glancing at the usually stocking-covered legs or, you know, at the chest. But whatever. It's never actually been, you know, super, super egregious or anything. But then yeah. just out of the blue here, we go into full-on content warning, sexual assault, and, you know, half a step away from the hard R. And yeah. uh, it's, it's like what you had for the cold open of skeleton night but extend yep. that for seven minutes yeah i mean and then uh, even for... after that when it when uh you know hero guy comes in and starts to do it like girls still tied up and they just sort of try yeah. and play off some weird laughs and have this what i think it was meant to be a heartfelt moment of saying oh there is no such thing as normalcy and that is okay yeah. that that was something that they'd been working up to that i like where kaede's plot had been building toward all season or at yeah. least the second half of the season but to have it resolved in this way was just so jarring, was jarring. Like, yeah. i was i even checked the comments for once on Crunchyroll to yeah. see if like was this just me and even in the comments people were like what the hell happened here that yeah at this i point, mean i got the idea that the whole her like what is normal and nothing is normal but what really struck me the most about it is it turned into like this cautionary horror tale of the most normal person out there could the be a nice total guy turns out to be a psychopath trope yeah we've yeah seen it, which but... could have been done differently it could have been done more as a creeper type of way but and, and, the extreme they took it to yeah i agree and, with the, and, and the fact game. that it was just so drawn out that I understand, yeah. all right, in a rom-com that, you know, you can have some serious moments. You can show in a show about love types of toxic love and types of, you know, unrequited love that it leads people to do bad things and say, all right, you know, like, this is a problem and this is something that happens. That's okay. I'm not inherently saying that the fact that they went down this route at all is the problem, but the way yeah. they went around down this route exactly. and how long they meandered on the route is what gets yeah. me that it could have been a thing of, all right, he has the crazy moment and he goes to stun her, but then uh, Yukihiro jumps in and stops it and it's there. Or, yeah. you know, to have it done, they could have resolved this in two minutes and then I, gone I on like they and really... had this, you know, normalcy heart to heart when she was safe. 
or something. Yeah. But this was just I mean, ugly. It was it felt like ham-fisted writing for shock value oh, yeah. and nothing else. Consider me oh, shocked yeah. and consider me out on Science Fell in Love. Um I'm committed to the main plot. I now give the show a fair warning of you know, if you are I'm gonna tell someone to watch to the first season and maybe through the second and say, just don't watch the last skip, two episodes of the last the season. last two episodes. And, that's, and just like, that's my recommendation. That's what I'm going to have to do. Because the show is okay. It would have had a, a solid rom-com. Yeah. yeah. Like, I give it, it a seven and a half at this point. Originally, up until that point, that was sitting really high at like an eight and a half for me. Because it just, you know, it is what says Yeah. It, like, it was just too jarring. And this is coming from a guy who, who stuck with Tomodachi game the whole season. I loved it. I give that a nine out of 10 because it is exactly what it says. It set itself up for a sequel. And I mean, it follows the playbook of, you know, its predecessors of battle Royale and everything to a T. Yeah. So, I mean, but like it, it's about expectations and it's about yeah. total consistency. So, I mean, yeah, just, just skip those last two episodes and know that she learns her lesson that there is no such thing as normal, despite the fact it's a wacky anime where yeah. no character's normal to begin with. Yeah. Um, uh, so and actually, also wrapping up. To, uh, to give a quick, uh, since we're sort of throwing out scores here to talk about how I do my scores, a seven for me is an average show, that mm. an average watchable show. Um, yeah. if something is really good, it bumps up to an eight and I sort of go on a bell curve in both directions where yeah. uh, if it's above average for me, it'll be an eight. It takes something special to be a nine and I seldom ever give out a 10. If it's yeah. a little less than average, I'll give it a six. If I think it's not good, it's a five. And I usually don't finish shows that are less than a five in my opinion. Yeah. And I mean, like, I, I feel like that's kind of how I look at it too. It's like that, uh, you know, uh, like Metacritic, that score out of a hundred uh, percent type thing. Um, yeah. So some uh, of the other shows that wrapped up, Greatest Demon um, Lord was a six for me. It was fine. Same here. Same here. It it uh, you know, it was interesting to a degree. It did wrap up fairly nicely. If there's a season two, yeah, you know, I'll give it a shot. I Maybe. mean, uh, I'm not going to solid fantasy. Yeah, I'm I'm never going to recommend that show to anyone and be like, oh, nah. you should see this show. If somebody asks me and says, hey, Joel, is Greatest Demon Lord, oh, is it good? I'll say, eh, it's okay, but you can do better. I would suggest you watch something else. But if you seem to really vibe with the thing, sure, it's not a waste of your time. And that's for exactly where I put Skeleton Knight as well. It's all right. You know, I put for a Skeleton modern Knight, fantasy show. Yeah. yeah, Skeleton Knight, you're saying. Six, six as well, same thing, slightly different flavor. It's vanilla versus French vanilla. It's not that far <laughs> off. Uh, at, at this point, I guess you could say that they're both imitation vanilla because yeah. true vanilla is actually, you know, chef's kiss. Yep. Um, but yeah, Greatest Demon Lord fell as a six to me as well. I mean, it's one of those things where if there's a season two, I'll watch it. It's a halfway decent adventure, you know, like medievalish show. Um, I mean, for me, I come from the old school, Lotus War, Slayers. You know, I come from that. So I like things that have that kind of vibe. It does have that vibe, but it's not on that level. And I mean, that could just me being a wee boomer, you know, <laughs> putting priority of the classics over it. But mm -hmm. I mean, there are newer shows that also hit that stuff. Um, DI Mon is a seven for me. Just okay. a solid seven. It was very good. It It is about Japanese sweets, and that thing is a Japanese sweet. That it is mm. a nice, not overpowering taste, but it's something that is, it's just sweet enough to be nice, yeah. 
It's something that you're going to savor. It's a slow series. You know, you don't just scarf down Japanese sweets. You take your time, yeah. you eat them, yeah, you, you savor them, you enjoy them. And they're really nice. They go down smooth. It might not be a life-changing thing, but it's just, it's something nice in its simplicity and it's a yeah. beautiful thing. Diamond is very good if that's what you're looking for. It didn't change the genre, but it is, that that is a nice quality piece of mm. uh, Japanese sweets in every way, shape, and form for me. So that's that's cool to hear because I mean uh, I I really liked uh, oh god I, I'm blanking out on the title but uh, there was so much fan art of that one character from it uh, the girl who was obsessed with candy. Um, oh, um, I I know which one you're talking about, but uh, yeah, yeah. Was, uh, but anyway. on the show was also uh, it was a six or a seven for me. There was hmm. some stuff that I didn't love in the finale just because they haven't they had a thing with a toxic fan basically that there there was a fan that took pictures of you know manager girl with the idols and obviously she is not publicly allowed to say that she is the manager and so it caused a lot of problems and they were very forgiving of that character who you know put everyone at risk and caused a lot of trouble for a lot of characters i don't mm -hmm. think frankly they should have been so forgiving of that character that they had yeah. the manager girl feel guilty of oh by being so publicly close to these idols, I made the fans feel bad. I'm, mm. I'm going to use my one here for that. <laughs> no, oh, it, it, it is not the responsibility of whether it be management or an IRL uh, romantic partner of an idol to hide themselves away because they're worried that it's going to upset the fans. No, uh-uh. I stand yeah. very much against that part of idol culture. I understand why it exists from a marketing standpoint, but yep. the concept that, you know, a stalker took photos of them when they were already trying to at least be subtle about it and then feeling bad, oh, I I shouldn't have been close to this person because it might upset fans. No, I I don't like that. And I don't like that they forgave it. There's so much good about this series that it's not going to ruin it for me, but it knocks it down a peg. It could have been an eight for me and it became a seven or a six. Mm -hmm. uh, get to know about that one. Cause that's, uh, that's been like a, uh, a uh, curiosity of mine. The, the kind of thing where it's, it's really like, good oh, series, I and I'd love to it. see a season two. It's just that one mm -hmm. resolution to that plot point that I take issue with. Yeah. Okay. Um, so fanfare of adolescence. It is what it says on the tin. It is your typical, um, I, I'd say, female audience-based shonen drama. That one's not done um, yet. According to what I'm seeing, it's really? got its last episode still. Oh, maybe there's still one more episode. I, yeah. I was going to say, I felt like it resolved uh, no, with that episode, uh, but I guess there's one saying more. that it has episode 13 releasing in just under a day. Oh, okay. Well, um, my, my preliminary thought on it before that final, because I have a feeling that the final is just going to be more of the same it's a seven it's unique you know it's it's horse racing um you know i don't think i'd watch season two if there's a season two of it but uh you know i mean the the concept and all seeing the growth of the main character and the other characters through quite some interesting things from uh ranging from like the uh uh one of the horses being put down and the trauma that that has on one of the characters because of it or uh you know, the main character having been from the boy band, like that whole arc was really fascinating. So uh, there, there was some good stuff in it, but it is what it is. It's average. It's a seven out of 10 for me. Yeah. Uh, Ascendance of Bookworm season three, 
was more ascendance of a bookworm. I give it a 7 out of 10. It's nice. If you enjoyed the first couple of seasons, you should watch it. Um, not changing the game at all, but it's just so solid, and I will continue watching it. Uh, dance, 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 Sir. I will praise that up and down. It is a 9 out of 10 for me. Um, from tackling concepts of toxic masculinity and expectations of parents to the finale really hitting hard uh, with one of the main characters uh, uh, basically explaining the entire reason why that character is the way he is in just one final episode and resolving it and dealing with that PTSD that he had. Um, it is just a strong emotional story all around with some absolutely beautiful animation um and of course there's classical music and stuff like i learned ballet terms from watching it it is an amazing series so i mean nine out of ten dance dance dancer i highly recommend it uh love after world domination finished today have you seen the end of that one no i still need to catch that because it, it just came went up yeah, there like a little just before dropped it, and i was able to see yeah. today it Love After World Domination has held up its end of the bargain. It's been consistent start to finish. It's 7 or an 8 out of 10 for me. It's not, you know, genre redefining, but this is as solid a rom-com as it gets. This is everything I wanted Kuroitsu to be and that mm. it couldn't be because of transphobia. And Love mm, After World Domination yeah. has none of those problematic elements at yeah. all. <laughs> like, the, the worst thing is that, you know, the, the character's you do have to keep in mind that they are teenagers and that, you know, they're in some slightly skinned guys, but they, you know, it's not egregious sexualization that it's, you know. Yeah. They, they, but so it goes, you know, that uh, Decimi's outfit is a little uh, titillating, as it were, and the Gelato like, 5 were, you know. Not not safe for conventions. <laughs> yeah, and, and the Gelato 5 are in tight sentai-esque suits but even those yeah. aren't like on the sliding scale of sentai suits they aren't like super super sexualized that yes there's a they're, little curve here average <laughs> yeah but you you know you see the butt cracks on both the guys and the gals so yeah. equal opportunity there and uh and like that's literally the worst of it and i mean that's it, accurate not given even i've worn that before too <laughs> yeah, and, and, and it's not egregious that it, it's yeah. not even that bad of just a I think it's just a solid series that if you want a fun yeah. rom-com, if you like tokusatsu, there is... Like me. <laughs> that I, I will actively recommend World, Love After World Domination that I'm going to say it's a solid seven. It's very nice. I, uh, <sighs> I, I highly recommend it. I mean, I'm biased because I love tokusatsu. I give it, uh, at least before seeing the finale, um, it's a solid rom-com that is what it is, but it's a unique concept. So for me, it's an eight and a half out of ten. Mm. I'm just very That's stingy with my biased. scores. That it's it's very good. Um, I haven't been able to finish Kaguya yet, so I can't judge it yet. I assume it's still mm. going to be amazing because it's Kaguya, and it's it's done nothing to make me think that it's not going to be phenomenal at the end. Um, and yeah. that's all for me in terms of completed shows right now. That there's still one episode left of Birdie Wing. There's yep. still several episodes left of Cuckoos. Um, which is oh Tomodachi game. More. Tomodachi game. I gave a, a seven or a six. That it was just solid. It was good. It held up its end of the bargain. You said you gave it a nine. Yeah. So I just felt that it it was exactly what it says on the tin, but it pulled yeah, it, it off so strongly. At least in my opinion, from it, the it just art wasn't that type of special acting. to me. That I I'd probably I'll give it a seven. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, for me, it it just kind of stood out as something you don't see every season, and that's why. That I will agree with. You, you don't get this genre every season. 
and uh, you know, it hit all its marks. It, it wasn't the best of the genre, but it, it is a For solid something that doesn't get explored very tall. often. Yeah, that it stands tall with things similarly made before it. Um, and it, it does very well that it, it's a little slow at times, but, yeah. um, you know, viewer discretion advised for obvious reasons, but um, it knows what I'd it is and it is it. It's definitely the kind of show that now that the season's over, um, I can recommend that you watch it in bursts because there are clear arcs to the, uh, to the game because there's like game one, game two, game three. This is the sort of show that I, I missed a week. And then I'd go and I was watching it actively with a friend via Discord. And because we were able to watch a couple episodes back to back, it felt a lot more fluid, you know, and really kind of kept you involved as you were watching at least those arcs. So now that it's done, my suggestion is watch it in chunks, watch it game by game, because mm -hmm. uh, it holds up better that way. Yeah. Well, I think that's all I've got. So I'm ready to move on yeah. and really begin. That's all I got as well. Here. Cool. As usual, we're running off of AnnieChart.net. We are doing uh, listed alphabetically by English title, so be sure to adjust your settings. Uh, we are going to be skipping over anything that isn't starting new this season. And I have not watched any of the trailers. I'll need to get around to those, but it's just going to be, you know, looking through these uh the synopses and uh, looking at the key art and seeing what we think. The first up we have is Black Summer. Sorry, Black Summoner. Waking up in a strange new place with no memory of his past life, Kelvin. So we're uh, working with, uh, you know, the scientific heat measurement. Sure. Kelvin <laughs> learns that he's bartered away those very memories. Those very memories? That's weird. Oh, I see. Yes. Uh, no memory of his past life because he bartered away those memories in exchange for powerful new abilities during his recent transmigration. The heck? Heading out into a whole new world as a summoner with his first follower being the very goddess who brought him over. Wait a minute. I've heard this before. <laughs> Calvin begins his new life as an adventurer, and it isn't long before he discovers his hidden di uh, disposition as a battle junkie. From the Black Knight of the Ancient Castle of Evil Spirits to the demon hidden within the hidden cave of the Sage, he revels in the fight against one formidable foe to uh, one formidable foe after another. Join this OP adventurer in an exhilarating and epic saga as he and his allies carve their way into the annals of history. This sounds as generic as it gets. Holy crap! I mean, I I watched. I binged all the trailers. That's also the other reason why I didn't get a chance to catch the finale of World Domination. Um, I watched almost all of the trailers, at least for the ones that either caught my eye or weren't, uh, you know, success like season two and onward shows. And I got to say that the animation was all right. The character designs kind of cool. Action I'm was there in I'm the trailer. I'm the trailer right now. This looks generic as heck it's it's very by the numbers i mean it's a question mark for me uh but yeah. most likely after episode one i'm probably gonna skip it just because i am not a big fan of the isekai i'm gonna genre. wait for someone to tell me this is good I'm yeah gonna, i'll be open-minded if two people say oh this is good i'll watch it it won't take a lot to get me in the door but i'm not walking in right now yeah okay so next up we got call of the night this one comes to us from leiden films um, racked by insomnia and wanderlust, Cole Yamori is driven onto the moonlight streets every night in an aimless search for something he can't seem to name. His nightly ritual is marked by purposeless, 
introspection until he meets Nazuna, who might just be a vampire. Cole's new companion could offer him dark gifts and a vampire's immortality, but there are conditions that must be met before Cole can sink his teeth into vampirism. He'll have to discover just how far he's willing to go to satisfy his desires before he can heed the call of the night. <laughs> they worked the title into it. Uh, so this what is gets me here, the uh, manga, there's... and it's on uh, High Dive. What gets me here, oh, dang it, High Dive? I guess I'm not watching There's it. a lot on High Dive this season, actually. Okay, dang it, maybe, maybe I'm finally going to get High Dive, because what catches yeah. me about this one is the two tags are comedy and psychological. You yeah, don't see I mean, that every day. I And I watched the trailer, and I got to say, like, get the whole vampire vibe and everything, like, I am a sucker for vampire animes a lot of times. Uh, I mean, like, good example was uh, Shiki. Uh, yeah. If this doesn't um, have a theme song by Bucktick, I will be disappointed. <laughs> I just skimmed through the trailer, and the the tagline is "Boy Meets Vampire," and maybe that I this is different enough that if there are enough things to finally make me actually subscribe to Hive Dive, that I'll watch this or I'll at least give yeah. it an episode or two. That this is different enough. And it, like I like the style. It's something just a bit beyond generic to get me. So yeah. we'll see, maybe. Um, I'm gonna knock out three real quick because there's three nothings in a row. Third season of Card Fight <laughs> Vanguard, second season of uh, Classroom of the Elite, third season of Drop Kick, Drop Kick My Devil. They're continuation, so we're not talking about them. Engage Kiss by A1 Pictures. Hello. Mm. The anime is set in Beilong City, an artificial island city established outside of any country's jurisdiction in the Pacific Ocean to exploit local natural resources. Quite a word there, exploit. I think it's, you know, the yeah, you create places where there's natural resources. I don't, I wonder if the word exploit there is a translation thing or if there's something a bit more nefarious there. In particular, the mining of a new energy resource, uh, Orgonium, has resulted in an outbreak of, quote, de-disasters by demons in the city. Private military companies are tasked with dealing with these incidents. The protagonist, Shu, runs a small PMC through his uh, spending hab though his spending habits have left him constantly penniless. A demon girl named Kisara does contract work at Shu's office and is consistently worried for him. Kisara attends a high school in Beilong City and does everything from clerical work to household chores with confidence. Meanwhile, Ayano is Shu's ex-girlfriend and, and, and an elite agent and a former work colleague in a major uh, private military company that Shu used to work for. Wow. Hmm. The tags are action uh, and comedy. This, I'm in on this. The, yeah, it sounds this is, really this interesting. This is different. Actually. This is different. Yeah. This is not generic. I think the uh, the exploit is kind of along the lines of like strip mining or deforestation. Like I can see that. Th but, things that but we actually deal of, with in real life. <laughs> but it, but this is interesting because uh, you know not only is it all right we have these demons and things that we're trying to fight, but obviously demons are still okay because it's established that you know this one demon works with the guy and that the whole thing of it's not just all right we're working for the military, but it's private military companies and that it's industrious. So there's you know this one small PMC that the protagonist works for, but now his ex is in a major PMC. So we could have anything from, you know, like the corporate rivalry to just, you know, the the idea of those different factions that are fighting yeah. for a common cause, but also are competing against each other always makes for some interesting writing options. And that this is just so different 
that it has my eye. So I'll watch a, the first couple episodes of Engage Kiss. Sure, it's an A1 picture as well. Absolutely. It's uh, caught my attention as well. Um, this one caught my attention, but is not currently uh, on a streaming service. Extreme Hearts. It's, uh, uh, actually, it doesn't even list what uh, studio did this. No. Um, the story of Extreme Hearts is set in the near future when the hobby of hypersports, which are enhanced with special gear and power-up items, has become popular among children and adults alike. The story focuses on Hiyori Hayama, a second-year high school student who initially has no connection to hypersports. But after a chance encounter with uh, this begins to change as Hiyori and her friends grow closer and pursue their athletic dreams. Um, I mean... The hypersports thing had me a little curious. It, you know, I mean, like, given video games that do that sort of thing, you know, like yeah, uh, this Monster looks League like, What was that series that, that we had a couple seasons ago that was, like, you know, the Galactic Sports Girls Yeah, something thing. like that. It, it, this looks like that, but I don't know. With, it, it, it looks like a sports thing. Too? Like, yeah, I... Um, it's kind of a confusing concept, and it's not currently signed to a streaming no, service. So I, I just checked Wikipedia as well. There's no, uh, there's no license or listed to it as of yet. Yeah. So if I hear something good about her, like honestly, I would have to hear something great about it to watch this. Yeah. One. Um, it seems innocuous enough, innocent enough, and generic enough. So yeah, you know, if you're if you're into sports and somebody actually licenses it, here you go. I'll pass until I hear something good about it. Uh, here's, you know, I'm, I'm sort of railing against some generic stuff today. Harem in the Labyrinth of Another World. By golly, if that's not generic sounding. That title uh, art, alone, yeesh. <laughs> like, the art looks generic. How about, it's from a light novel, naturally, because only a light novel would have that title. Let's, uh, check out this synopsis. Struggling with life in society, high school student Michiko Kaga wanders about the internet and lands on an odd website. The website, featuring a number of questions in point base and a point-based system, allows one to create skills and abilities for a character. Yeah, so it's a character creator for website. Yeah. Upon completing his character, Kaga was transported into a game-like world and reborn as a strongman who can claim idol-level girls. Wow, <laughs> we were even saying here in our synopsis that they are reborn as a strongman who can claim idol level girls yeah. yikes thus begins the oh cheat and harem legend of a reborn man drama etchy and fantasy tags pass i i'm not a fan of isekais i will watch the first I episode just to thing. see i i am a person who enjoys isekais i probably watch more isekais than i should <laughs> this is just I this mean, is it's... as color by numbers as it gets, and I don't like yeah. the phrasing in this either. Just the phrasing here is... I mean, the whole hmm. drama... Like, seeing the word etchy has me thinking that it's going to be just a fan service overlord. Like, oh, overlord. yeah, judging by and... the uh, chest of the girl in this key art, yep, I can see where some etchy's going to come in. Uh, and, and it's just... I'll watch the first episode out of curiosity to see how generic of a train wreck it is, but I don't think this is a show I'm going to follow just because between the generic isekai-ness of it and just, well, actually, that's about it, generic isekai-ness of it, I really don't have anything to invest in it. Yep. Uh, skipping over Is It Wrong to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon 4, going right to Isekai Yakuyo. This one's yours. Okay, uh, this comes from Dio Medea. Uh, and not currently uh, signed to any streaming site. 
um, a young pharmacologist and researcher in Japan died from overworking and was reincarnated in medieval parallel Europe. Note, parallel Europe, not actual medieval Europe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's a That's difference. Important. He was reincarnated as a 10-year-old apprentice. Of course, he's going to be a 10-year-old. <laughs> to a this famous literally... royal court pharmacist. It's just another isekai. No, 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 no. I'll get... You finish reading this, and then I'll tell you what okay. this is. Wow, this is a long uh, had a Had attained an inhuman skill of the ability to see through disease, material creation, and material destruction. What the heck? Material society... creation and destruction? Like I, I don't even know at this point. So just make things like by holding up his hand. Like is is he Franklin Richards from Marvel Comics? Like I don't, I don't know. But anyway, in a society in which dubious medical practice are rampant, so America, <laughs> price gouging through the monopoly of the pharmacist guild, so America, America, <laughs> and good medicine aren't available to the commoners, so America, America. <laughs> so this isn't an isekai in medieval parallel europe this is america yeah <laughs> he was recognized by the emperor at a time uh at that time and opened a pharmacy at the corner of the town he will wipe out the fraud that has swept the world and deliver to the commoners a truly effective medicine that was developed using present-day pharmacology my god this really is a long description Thus, the boy pharmacist will cheat by using his previous knowledge to create innovative medicines while helping the people of the parallel world. A story about living his new life to the fullest this time. Now, I just realized something. What is America, if not medieval parallel Europe? Yeah, at this point, really. Oh. Um, this, <laughs> oh, so, wow. At first, I was going to say, is this just um, ascendance of a bookworm, but ascendance of a pharmacologist? Because it sounds like it. A um, um, little bit of like Monster Girl Doctor, but no fan service thrown in yeah, there. Yeah, the, the 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 nurse outfits doctor. that I see on the female character in this key art is very simple, and um, you know that's about as professional a nurse's outfit as you're gonna see. That you know, yeah, eh, the the skirt cut might be a little bit high, but it's not egregious, and otherwise yeah. this is actually just you know pretty mundane scrubs. They're not um, even dressed like it's medieval Europe on top of it all. So yeah. Like, uh, then there's this other young girl who's like in sort of a dress and has what looks like a candy jar. I assume that's medicine of some sort. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. I respect what the main character here wants to do. I yeah. don't think I'm going to watch the show. I mean, it's not currently licensed by anybody as well as the next one on our list which isn't licensed by anybody. This might be a thin season because of that. Actually. No, I, I'm guessing that there's just, uh, I think a lot of these are going to be announced in the next week that it's not. Oh, uncommon maybe. Yeah. That, um, the announced license get announced. Minute. Yeah. Just before or just after the first episode, because yeah. they don't want to take away from the finales of current seasons. They want to let that True. new cycle finish. So, True. uh, I am not currently alarmed by all of these, quote-unquote unlicensed ones there were plenty that uh, sort of rolled out right before the season yeah but, uh, yeah we have kami kazu idol sorry kami kuzu idol uh studio gokumi i don't know that name off the top of my head comedy and supernatural okay yuya one of the half of one half of the boy pop duo zings 
may be the laziest performer in the Japanese music industry. His partner <laughs> is out there giving 110% every night, and thankfully he's quite popular, but Yuya half-assed sloppy dancing and frankly hostile attitude towards the audience has the fans hating him and his agent looking for any excuse to cut him loose. The career of a pop idol isn't just a path of easy leisure and uh, adulation as you, Yuya expected. After a particularly lifeless concert appearance, Yuya meets a girl backstage. She's dressed to the nines in a colorful outfit. She's full of vim and vigor, and all she wants from life is to perform. There's just one problem. She's been dead for a year. <laughs> oh. This is so, the ghost uh... of Asashi Mogami, the beloved singer whose time on the stage was tragically cut short. Unless, if ghosts are real, is spirit possession really that much of a stretch? Okay. So, so, so we're going to have Genki Idol Girl possessing, you know, not motivated idol guy. Yeah. This, like, is, this is different enough to at least raise my eyebrow. That it got I, I saw the trailer. It looked very interesting just based off of the concept from the trailer. Um, I mean, it's so out. Like, I'm just seeing freaking like Shaman King because of the possession. And then you got the odd coupling, like Tiger and Bunny type of thing going on. And it's just, I have a feeling that I'm going to be laughing pretty hard with this show. So, it's I mean, I'm, I'm definitely going to check it out. Yeah, I'll give it an episode or two. Um, I'm watching the trailer. The idol segments have some kind of janky CG, but that's sort of yeah. how it goes in this genre. Mocap. It's it's forgivable enough that the main part yeah. of the series is normal animation and it looks fine enough. Sure, I'll give it an episode or two. Why not? Um, it feels like one that I'm going to be quick to drop if it doesn't, mm. you know, actually have a good hook. But this is enough to get me in the door that we get idol shows pretty re pretty regularly but the idea of all right we're going to have sort of spiritual possession of a of a lazy idol by a ganky idol ghost that's funny and strange enough i've never heard of that before congratulations yeah <laughs> you got my attention so this next one i hope gets picked up um i mean we're still early on but kj file by ilca and yell ah um the story is set <laughs> Ilka. Um, I, I didn't know if it was an abbreviation or if that was I name, don't, but, but if, if memory serves, isn't Studio Ilka the game developer that took care of Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl? Maybe. I'm I don't know. Anyways, sure. you go on with the... Um, anyway, uh, um, you check that and I'll read this. The yep. story is set in a world where unique kaijus suddenly begin to appear in various places around the world. Members of the United Nations Monster Observatory will explore a world where kaijus with great powers and humankind live together. So, yeah, I, I get Ultraman vibes from this. Uh, I can't remember which season off the top of my head it was, but there, uh, one of them was basically a kaiju scientist who believed that they could get, I want to say it was Ultraman uh, X, uh, believed that humans and kaiju could technically get along together. Um, I'm getting vibes from that. I mean, I'm a tokusatsu nerd. Like I said, I just mentioned Ultraman. I'm very curious in this. I hope that this gets picked up by somebody uh, because Kaiju. And that's about it for me. <laughs> so I have confirmed this is the same Studio Ilka that 
Uh, ILCA stands for I Love Computer Art. And they are a company that does animation, movies, and television, um, but eventually incorporated video game development. So I guess this is just the other department. Um, They've had a hand in a Love Live movie, um, something called Yami Shibai. Uh, Sounds familiar. A couple others as well. Monster Strike, the animation. It's not a ton. but I guess this is them really starting to move into anime a bit more genuinely. Mm. The, the blurb here is very short. It's listed as action sci-fi. The key art doesn't give us a lot to work with. That uh, It's sort of the silhouette of a monster. So, this is I one mean... that... It, my initial watching or not will depend on how many other shows I'm watching. That if I only have five, six, seven <laughs> shows, I'm like, ooh, I really need to watch that I might add this in to, uh, add, this is going to be my one of first in, first out on the bubble, you know? Yeah, and I mean, I'm, I only I'm need on one the, or two uh, people website. to tell me this is good. If if one or two people tell me this is good, I'll be in for a couple episodes. And I'm I might on just the be website. On my own. I'm looking at the website. This is just one of these things where like, that it is available in English, or rather, actually, Google is automatically translating it for me. Um, and I'm looking at the cast of characters. There is no actual picture of the characters. All we see are ID cards for them and a relationship map between them, which is not text, it's image. So Google won't translate that for me. But I will applaud them for the name of one of the characters, Kobayashi Maru. Wow, we went there, folks. (laughs) I'm I'm just like, I I I applaud that one. Congratulations. For for anyone who isn't in the know, the Kobayashi Maru test is an infamous oh, test from Star Trek. It is Keep scrolling. The, Keep scrolling. Kenny Mikoshiba. Below that one. Oh my god. They are not They're shy just with the references. Star Trek fans. Keep, no, character Keep name, going down. Character name Keep. Lulu de Picard. Guillermo Marquez. Guillermo. Okay, so they're just a bunch of Trekkies here. Just nerds in general. And keep in mind, this is the same channel that airs Ultraman as well, which deals with Kaiju. So I'm just like, what is this tie to everything? You know know what? I'm in on these names alone. I respect (laughs) this. Yeah, so um, but as I was saying, the, the, the Kobayashi Maru test is a Starfleet exam that is designed to literally be unbeatable, that it is supposed to gauge the applicant's reaction to imminent failure, that there it is programmed to not be beatable. Um, that uh, in the movie and the series that they're, they cheat to win and that they do something that is, you know, not supposed to happen and defy the test. But the Kobayashi Maru, like that is anyone who knows Star Trek and even a good chunk of people who just know sci-fi lore in general, that that's a big name and it's not normally a person name but seeing it here made into a person name is incredibly delightful so sure kj file that alone earns you a one episode trial for me assuming that it gets picked up by somebody yeah uh, uh, so, up next league of nations air force aviation magic band luminous witches wow what a 
title and perhaps it's not a light novel i was gonna say it's an original this isn't a light novel it's even actually more a spin-off yeah. because i watched the trailer and i went this looks familiar it is a spin-off from strike witches oh oh okay. damn that takes me back i'm like jeez fighting the war on pants yeah <laughs> but also but this is done by studio shaft it's gonna mm. be pretty yeah, also, now that I'm looking at the key art, I see it. This is just Strike Witches. That basically, a, it's ship girls, but it's flying ship girls that don't have human legs, and instead they have jet engines. Yeah, basically. The uh, war against yeah. invading aliens can't be won by missiles alone. Team morale matters just as much as launching a counter-assault, and that's where Ginny and her friends come in. Instead of standing on the front lines with the 501st Joint Fighter Wing, the Luminous Witches of the League of Nations Air Force bring smiles to civilians displaced by the human Neroi War, uh, by the human Neroi War World with thrilling song and dance, not to mention aerial displays the likes of which the music world has never seen. While they might be non-combatants, these performers know that the value of preserving people's smiles, and uh, they'll fight in their unique way to make sure those smiles never fade. So this is an idol show set in the Strike Witches world. It's the concept of, um, uh, I, f I forget what the Air Force, you know, sort of show squad is. You, uh... I, I, I don't know off the top of my head either with that. I'm blanking on it. Uh, the Thunderbirds, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the U.S. Air Force so. Thunderbirds, that, you know, the ones that do aerial acrobatics and whatnot. Oh, uh, uh, that's, uh, that's the Navy, the Blue Angels. Blue Angels, thank you. Yeah, yeah. so this is that. Uh, and I should know that. <laughs> so, but it, it's an idol show. Um, I'll pass, but, you know, if, for folks who want to relive, I'm not going to call witches. them the glory days of Strike Witches, but if you want to relive Strike Witches for what it was, this isn't quite Strike Witches, but it kind of is. And here you go. It's got mm. my curiosity. I mean, Shaft does the animation. The trailer looks gorgeous. Yeah, it, it's going to um, be pretty. This is going to be pretty. You know, I mean, this just seems like if there isn't enough for me to watch this season, you know, like I'll pad my backlog with maybe this just for shits and giggles. And that's about it. Yeah. That, and the thing is, we're almost at the oh, wait, not quite. Never mind. Um, up next is Love Life Superstar 2, so that's a sequel. Next is Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer. What a name. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one day college student Yuhi Amamiya. Yuhi Amamiya. Amamiya. Here I go again. <laughs> uh... Is approached by a talking lizard, Sor Sir Noi Crescent. Crescent immediately launches into a fantastical story. The powerful mage Animus intends to destroy the Earth with his biscuit hammer, a huge contraption looming high in the Earth's orbit. Earth's only hope lies with the princess and her beast knights, whose task is to protect the princess and defeat Animus. Yuhi is chosen as the lizard beast knight, and despite his misgivings, is quickly forced to defend himself from a golem created by the mage. He is saved by his neighbor, the princess Asahina Samidere, and swears loyalty to her. This is a very long synopsis. However, oh the princess God. does not intend to let him does not intend to save Earth at all. She lets uh, Yuhi in on her real motivations to prevent Animus from destroying the Earth, only then to annihilate the planet by her own hand. 
The pair continues to fight off attacks from Animus's golems while the remaining Beast Knights are slowly gathered and learning to use their powers. But Yuhi will have to decide for himself whether to go along with Asahina's plans, whom he is getting close to, or to save the Earth. In the process, he must also confront his true self and determine where his loyalties lie. It is listed as a action comedy by Studio Naz. Sure, this is different. The name alone, and then I watched the trailer. Yeah, I'll give it a few episodes to see where the hell it goes. Because I mean, like biscuit. <laughs> I yeah, mean, Neo uh, Ivan like, said. I'm still right curious. There, is this like, mistranslation? Is this just like a weird translation? No, that was written. That was written in English in the logo. No, but I mean, like, is whoever named the series like did they? Did did someone on the creative team think that biscuit means something else? I have like, no was clue. this just yeah. a really high-level mistranslation, <laughs> not even a mistranslation on the site? Or just a really high person writing the title for this yeah, show? But, I mean, but anyways, yeah, this is different if it's enough. A manga, like, uh, I'll, give this a, I'll give this a few episodes, see where it goes. Yeah, it doesn't say if it's a manga or, like, an original one or anything like that. The art was beautiful uh, in the animation. Like, I, I, the trailer did catch my eye. But I still couldn't really figure out what it was about from the trailer, either. Yeah. Uh, this so, next one is interesting. Licorice Recoil. Yeah, yeah uh, A1 Pictures. Uh, this will be on Crunchyroll. Lekariko is a cafe with traditional Japanese twist located in downtown Tokyo. But the delicious coffee and sugary sweets are not the only orders this cafe takes. From delivering packages short distances to pickups and drop-offs on the lonely streets at night to zombies and giant monster extermination? Whatever your problem, we're here to help. We'll solve any kind of trouble you may have. So, um, waiting for you are the ever-smiling poster girl and the cool, serious newcomer. A petite girl who never wants to work and a young woman approaching 30 who wants to get married. And the manager is a nice guy who's obsessed with Japan. Whatever your order is, leave it all up to us. What a crazy freaking concept. I watched the trailer. The characters are really out there and unique. Uh, it's an original anime, so there's no manga or anything like that uh, that it's based off of. Um, I'm in. I, I, you know, the concept reminds me of uh, Odd Job Gin. You know, the the uh, the concept behind Gintama. So you come here, we'll take care of it. Um, except with two girls, uh, one will probably be relatable because she's in her 30s and single. But <laughs> that's that's an oof moment for me. Also, um, I think this I'm, is like sort of a parallel universe thing, if memory serves, that or that there's like, like that. two different worlds in their world. I don't know. It looks cool. The art is nice. It's A1. It, it's an original. I'm absolutely in on this. I'm very curious to see what this does. Definitely. Definitely on my watch list. Uh, Made in Abyss Season 2. Hell yeah, we finally have Made in Abyss Season 2. Very exciting. But uh, anyways, moving on to the next one. My isekai life, I gained a second character <laughs> class and became the world's strongest sage. Wow. It's from a light novel. It's from a light novel. Uh, oh, I, I thought, that, we, I thought that the age of the isekai was, you know, at least leveling out. Nope. We're, we're just... Uh, Getting isekai to a magical world and developing incredible powers is every otaku's wildest dream, but for salaryman Yuji Sano, it's the stuff of an absolute nightmare. He is an 
he's in the middle of a mountain of work when he gets unwillingly pulled into a fantasy realm where he accomplishes the enviable feat of developing a second character class by making the most of his monster taming abilities. He's now traded the office for adventuring to make a living, but he keeps getting roped into major events because his powers are unmatched, second to none, and he doesn't even realize it yet. This is, again, so damn generic sounding. And don't get me wrong, there have been amazing isekais that have the generic titles of literally you know at that time i was reincarnated as a slime on the on the cover slime looks like one of the most generic things out there but it's just so damn good because of the execution there you can have a great show with a generic sounding synopsis so i'm not going to you know say oh i'm never gonna watch this but there's too many isekais with generic sounding plots nowadays to go out of my way to try them all so i will keep my ear to the ground and if a couple people people say it's good i'll watch it sure i'm not going to start out watching it myself i just can't commit that much time to any damn isekai so all right we're back to the rom-coms this is by project number nine based off a light novel with one of the most name on the tin titles ever my stepmom's daughter is my ex so this is literally a well my stepmom's daughter is my fiance is what a couple of cuckoos is, but my yeah. stepmom's daughter is my ex is also the title of um uh domestic girlfriend, technically. Wow. Isn't it? Yeah. Uh I think so. Ah, uh, high school. Is there any better place to start fresh after a horrible middle school relationship? I don't know. I never had a relationship in middle school. Nope. Not unless your ex ends up at the same school as you and now your step sibling. What was supposed to be a sanctuary of peace where I could avoid ever seeing her again has become a living nightmare. Everywhere I look, I see her in my house, in my school, in my class. Oh, There's and that's no not hallucinations. <laughs> so, uh, she even claims that she's the older sibling. Like hell she is, but I won't lose to her. After all, I'm the older brother in this new family situation. That's right, we're family now. No matter how much we may have thought we loved each other before, we saw each other's true colors and realized we weren't meant for each other. That's why, even though we may keep up a buddy-buddy sibling act for the sake of our parents, things will never go back to the way they used to be. A wacky rom-com! Well, here's the thing. It says comedy romance. My hope is that they're actually going to pull a fast one and that they're each going to find other significant others and it's going to be a romance of, you know, their individual other crushes now but that at the mm. end of the season they're actually they they are loving siblings that they yeah, actually that, uh... are able to get over the the past strife and while not be romantically interested that they end up coming to ha- actually have familial love i'm not counting on that that's just my hope. Nah. Uh, i'm not going to watch this without a recommendation if somebody says it's good maybe again you know this is just something that we're dealing with more and more these days of it's a lot of generic sounding stuff and I'm not going to watch every generic sounding show uh, just off the bat, but I'll be open-minded enough that if somebody says, hey, this one's actually good, it's doing something neat, that I'll add it to my slate. I mean, if it well, makes me laugh, maybe I'll keep with it for a few episodes and then binge it later on, like maybe even after having a few drinks. I have no clue. Um, I mean, sounds generic as hell. I'd like to see it go somewhere interesting, so I'll give it a few episodes, but if the first episode doesn't even catch me, 
on to the sequels. <laughs> yep. Uh, Orant, season two. If memory serves, Emmy is in this one. So, yay, mm. she's going to get more work. That's nice. But it's season two, so we're not going to bother with any of this here. Overlord, season four. I'm hyped. Uh, but we're not going to go over it because it's a season four. Rent-A-Girlfriend, season two. We're not going to go over it because it's season two. I'll watch it because the first ep- the first season was uh, pretty solid. Ruby Ice Queendom. Boy, mm. howdy. I do love Ruby. Like, no joke. I'm not being sarcastic here. I love Ruby. I'm so hyped for Volume 9. I'm so curious to see what they do with this one. Um, it, And this technically isn't a sequel. That it, And it's also not a reboot. From what I understand, it's not even a retelling but almost a parallel thing because the 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 synopsis here is just the synopsis of ruby hmm. but yeah from the initial piece of key art we see weiss schnee you know the the white of rwby yeah sitting on a throne in like this almost s death level military garb with a bunch of mechanized droids behind her and the trailer they showed was mostly just uh, shot-for-shot recreations of Ruby Season 1, but then it ended with something that we hadn't seen before, which was Weiss seeing another version of herself. So, And obviously, with the name Ice Queendom, this very much suggests that it's going to be a parallel universe of Weiss in some way, shape, or form, but it, they've been playing it super close to the chest. It's not clear if we're going to get half of the season being just normal Ruby and then only have hints of this other stuff, or if they're going to have it shift after the first episode, I'm going to watch this, no doubt. I'm a huge Ruby fan. Season 9 is going to be coming out later this year. I'm really excited for it. And I don't want to see just a recreation, but it's the type of thing that it's it looks like it's going to be almost that, but then fake out because, you know, they're literally branding it as this isn't just Ruby and that they've just been very secretive of not letting people know where they're going with it. But I want to see where it goes. I'm very excited. Good news, then. Uh, the first three episodes are apparently on Crunchyroll as of today. Ooh, I might watch it later today. Uh, Shadows House Season 2. Hey, more work for Emmy. Let's go! <laughs> okay, this next one had me excited because I am a Japanese history nerd, uh, and the character art was done by Hiroyuki Takei, of Shaman King fame, and I love Shaman King. Shine on, Bakamatsu bad boys, by Gino Studio. It's going to be on Crunchyroll. In the era where samurai controlled Japan, the masked demons annihilated all but one member of the Shinsengumi, who had worked to maintain the peace and public order in Kyoto. Seven criminals are chosen as substitutes for the deceased Shinsengumi members, and they are led by Ichiban Boshi, whose parents were also killed by the masked demons. He becomes a substitute for Commander Isami Kondo and goes after the masked demons with the other substitutes to avenge his parents' deaths. Former criminals rise up to restore peace and order as their crazy story begins. Now is the time to shine the brightest! At least it's not Nisekai. I mean, between the character designs being by Takei and taking place in the Bakamatsu, which is the end of the uh, Edo period, the Tokugawa shogunate, um... I'm already invested. Oh, I mean, it's going it, to have it some great action cool, in the trailer. The, so, I mean, I'm definitely in on it. This is, again, kind of generic. Um, there's nothing here that hooks me and says, ooh, this sounds really interesting. But at the same time, it just looks cool. I'm the trailer gonna might of, catch your eye. Uh, I'm sort the of scrubbing through right the now. The, the designs are good. The animation's fine. Um, 
this will uh, be another one of first in, first out of it. It's going to depend where the rest of the season is for me, how many I'm watching there, mm -hmm. that if I need to pad it out, this is going to be, you know, I mentioned like one of the show earlier of this will be one that I add in if I need to pad it out, but not if not. And that's where it stands for me. But uh, it's not an isekai, at least cool. But yeah, that's where we're going to end today. We actually got through 25 of the 40 new shows this season. Obviously, a lot of those were sequels, but that's how it goes. So we actually got it past halfway. Uh, and yeah. that was with spending a third of the episode on retrospective. So I think we were very efficient today. Oh, yeah. And uh, of course, uh, next time around, we might even I, I think it would be safe to say we should include the uh, net animations probably in there, too. I think potentially uh, we'll see. But um, we're going to be getting going soon. Uh, as always, feel free to follow, like, subscribe here on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. And on YouTube, you can find the trailer for our honorable mention winning Kokoro no Pro, the upcoming visual novel wrestling dating sim being headed up by Mario and RJ. Uh, you can check out our sponsor, Image Anime, at imageanime.com and use the code DISCOUNTSHIP, that is D-E-S-C-O-U-N-T-S-H-I-P, for free shipping on orders of $100 or more. I will be back tomorrow afternoon, and so will you, Jace, actually, because we are yep. going to be doing our next radio drama, and it is going to be the first six episode of The Legend of Vox Machina, that being the animated adaptation of Critical Role, the Dungeons & Dragons series. So it's going to be a lot of fun. This is a R-rated show very much unlike Winnie the Pooh, that there is profanity, there is uh, descriptions of, you know, not outright uh, sexy situations, but there's there's some sexy things mentioned. Uh, I'm going to be playing Scanlan Shorthalt, who is a uh, very horny bard, and if you want to hear me sing profanities, tune in, and you'll hear me sing profanities, because we are going to be cursing in this one, so uh, don't have the kids tune in. But if you enjoy Vox Machina, if you enjoy Critical Role, this one's going to be for you. Got to be a fun one, guys. Most definitely. So tune in for that. That's going to be tomorrow, the 25th at 4 p.m. EST. And otherwise, we are not actually going to be here next week on uh, July 2nd, because I'm going to be working, sorry, uh, July 1st because I'm going to be working Anime Expo. Uh, I think, Jason, memory serves, you're going to be taking the week off as well, so we might have a placeholder here, or we might just be off the air for the week. But uh, we will return on the 8th, and that's going to be the preview season 2, so we'll be about a week into it, because uh, next week is actually when a lot of these start, so we might even have a couple initial reactions to pad out that episode as well. Going to be interesting uh, covering uh, what's next because we might even be able to say what is on Crunchyroll or High Dive out yes. of all the ones that said no, uh, no license. No license more yet. <laughs> yes, but indeed, thank you all so much for tuning in. Stay safe, stay sane, and we will see you next time on Digital Era Twitch. Put